0: You're listening to Cross-Section, the podcast of the Summit View Church of Christ. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift His countenance upon I want to thank Nathaniel for singing that song. I think it's the most Christian song in our books. And such a reminder... Uh, In these times, whatever comes in the new year, we need to count our blessings. And we'll find out that there are far more than the difficulties we face. I want to begin the study this morning with Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. And I'd like for you to note that there are certain very special words in this reading, and I will try and show them by an inflection in voice. It's a passage that I think every Christian would do well to underline in their Bibles, because it tells us about what God wants to give us, not externally, but internally, inside of us. And that has much bearing on our lesson This morning, my son, and this is from the New American Standard Version, my son, if you will receive my word and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver, And search for her as for hidden treasure. Then you will discern the fear of the Lord. And discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity. Guarding the paths of justice. He preserves the way of his godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness, justice, equity, and every good course. For wisdom will enter your heart. Knowledge will be pleasure to your soul. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you. That passage is a good passage to introduce our study this morning of a mystery a mystery that is involved in prayer. And when the lesson is concluded, it'll still be a mystery. It'll be something that I suppose you could say is far more experienced than understood. There are a lot of things in our lives that we don't understand. A lot of those things are connected with our relationship to God. But first of all, I want to look at three individuals, and the transition that they make just before your eyes is rather amazing, and perhaps you have experienced something of the same thing. The very first individual that we'll look at is a favorite minor prophet of mine, the book of Habakkuk, and so I want you to turn because you need to see this with your own eyes. The book of Habakkuk is a very small book, and yet you can find it. There is a change in backup that is hard to understand. And it's a part of the mystery that we're going to be studying this morning. And so listen to what I read the first about four verses from verse 2 through verse 4. Think of yourself in relationship to what backup says. How long, O Lord, will, you call, will we call for help? And you will not hear. I cry to you of violence, yet you do not save. Why do you make me see iniquity and cause me to look on wickedness? Yes, destruction and violence are before me. Strife exists. Contention arise. Therefore, the law is ignored. Justice is never upheld. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, justice comes out perverted ever feel like a backup as you look around and the things that go on we hope that this new year will be a better year and yet turn to the chapter three of a backup and come with me to verse 16 I heard and my inward parts trembled. At the sound, my lips quivered. Decay entered my bones. In my place, I tremble. Because I must wait quietly for the day of distress, for the people to arise who will invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, there be no fruit on the vine. Though the yield of the olive should fail, and the fields produce no food. Though the flock should be cut off from the fold. There'll be no cattle in the stall, yet I will exalt in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He has made my feet like a deer's feet and makes me walk on high places. When you compare those two readings, it's hard to imagine what's happened to Habakkuk. He says in verse 16, I must wait for the invaders to come. This will be the Babylonians. And in everything that Habakkuk can do, they're still coming. Now, the secret between these two passages is prayer. And the question in our study is, how did his prayer, which, by the way, is a lot of an argument with God about God's decisions, how does it bring a backup to this peace of mind? This, no matter what happens, I'm going to be with you. You're going to be my God. When just a few chapters before, he's ready to give up on God. Have you ever heard someone say, or perhaps you said it yourself, I prayed and prayed and prayed, and nothing happens. I don't know whether I can believe in God. Or not. Scary. And yet Habakkuk, in three chapters later, has this great courage, this walk of faith, if you please. It's an amazing thing. Perhaps he can experience it more than he can understand it. And the second individual is Jesus himself. Turn over to the 26th chapter of Matthew. And come with me to the garden of Gethsemane. I want to read verse 36 through 39. They've come to the garden. It's nighttime. They're outside the walls of Jerusalem. And Jesus says this. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be, watch it now, grieved and distressed. And he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little way beyond them, and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will be done. Now, can anybody read that passage and not realize Jesus is hurting? He is in anguish. You can say that this is his human side. It doesn't make the pain any less. And when he finally comes down to a point and says, Nevertheless, my will but thine be done. That must have been a hard thing to say. He knew what awaited him, and yet here is prayer. But then drop down to verse 45 and 46. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold the hour is at hand the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of sinner now watch verse 46 get up jesus let us be going behold the one who betrays me is at hand do you see any contradiction between the first reading and jesus saying get up we've got to go we've got to face this i do Something has happened. And the only thing that you can find in this reading between the two is that Jesus prayed. And the words are not there that tell us exactly how the mystery came to be. But it is a mystery. Better felt than told or understood. Jesus is grieved in his heart. Grieved in his mind. More than anybody, he knows what is going to await him. Just outside the garden walls. And when you come to verse 46, get up, let's go. It was not his disciples that gave him the courage. He found them asleep three times and chastised them and said, couldn't you wait with me just a little while? Something Gave Jesus strength. If you go on in this reading, you'll have Jesus before Pilate. And Pilate tells him that he has the power to release him. And Jesus said, you have no power but from your God. And Pilate is amazed at the strength that Jesus shows in all of this. The only weakness that you will find in these latter chapters is when Jesus couldn't physically carry his cross, and they took a man from the country to carry it for him. Otherwise, you cannot help admire the strength of Jesus after the crying, the weeping, the begging in his heart and in his mind. Let this cup pass from me. The only mystery that is here is what did he get out of prayer? How did prayer give him the strength to get up, say to his disciples, let's go? He knew what awaited him. Judas was just a few steps away. Soldiers were there. They would take him and spit on him and give him a terrible night in Ananias' house before he would be turned over to the Romans. And all through this, even on the cross, he had sympathy for one of the thieves that had been put to death with him. An amazing story for the Son of God. And the third individual, the Apostle Paul, turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This is a very familiar point in Paul's life. Come down to verse 7 and 8 of chapter 12. Paul had seen something in heaven. He wasn't too sure if he really was the person who saw it. But in verses 7 and 8... Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me and to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is affected in weakness. Most gladly, Paul says, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weakness, with insults, with distress, with persecution, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Now, Paul prayed three times that this thorn in the flesh would be taken away. There are a multitude of explanations for what the thorn in the flesh was. Never mind. It troubled Paul. It bothered him. It pained him. And he prayed three times that it would be removed. God's response to Paul and his own words are, My grace is sufficient for you. What does that mean? My grace is sufficient for you. Paul understood it to this extent. All right, then? When I am weak, then I'm strong. Now, think about that, and we're going to come back to that in just a minute. What can that possibly mean? When I'm weak, I'm strong. And then we come to the most significant part of our study, maybe. we want to take a deeper look. I want to dig a little deeper. In these three examples of Habakkuk, of Jesus, and now of Peter, each one of them prayed and then there was a change. For Habakkuk, there was peace of mind. He'd wait for whatever came. For Jesus, arise, let us go. They're waiting for me. And then for Paul, When I'm strong, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So let's think about this for a moment. We all have known and experienced occasions when we prayed for something generally external and our prayers have been answered. And it builds faith, it builds trust in God when our prayers are answered. But what if the request is not answered? What if there is no forthcoming answer? What if we pray and pray and nothing happens? Is there possible that there might be something happening that we don't recognize, that we cannot accept because we don't understand it? But perhaps you have experienced You don't understand why, all of a sudden, you can feel confident. You can feel more peace of mind than you've had before. You know you'll get through it. In the words of Paul, when I'm weak, I'm strong. You've experienced something that is a mystery. You can't explain what's happening in your heart and your mind. And yet you're thankful that it's happening. There's so many things that happen in our lifetime. When we're ready to give up, and then there comes prayer, and then we look at things completely different. I've noticed over the last year, at least the last half year, more prayers are being mentioned, more points toward God, And perhaps it helps. We don't understand, but we'll take it. And so when we read Proverbs 2, verse 6 through 11, and we have Jesus offering these things, he doesn't offer outside things. He doesn't say, I'll send the Babylonians away or I'll cure all of the COVID. He doesn't say those things what he says are internal, you'll have discretion. That means to understand things to the best of your ability. You'll have understanding, you'll have wisdom, you'll have things that are helpful to the heart, helpful to the mind. And in this day and age, after two years, we realize that there are some things that are not going to go away easily. What do we do then? We can understand they're not going away easily. But are there times in our lives when prayer is involved and we come away feeling better, feeling stronger? I hope so. We don't have to understand everything to be thankful for what happens to us. When I was preaching full-time, I experienced something that uh, I know Kevin probably has. When the last minute comes, you just feel so unprepared. You're prepared, but you feel unprepared, and that brings a little fear, and then you start, and you're amazed. You think of things you've never thought before, of passages. you've. They've not visited for a long time. You're thankful for it. And then you, each of you, perhaps you've been through that. Something has brought you up from the depths. And all of a sudden, you have a better eye for things. If I were you, I would look back. Perhaps there was prayer between the down and the up. And we ought to appreciate it. We may not understand it, but it's there, because God wants it to be there. There is, in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27, something that we're also familiar with. And yet, it just underscores the fact that there is this business between being low and being high. Prayer in the middle. And we wonder, what did we say? Did we say just the right words? Consider this, Romans chapter eight. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. We do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. He searches the hearts, knowing what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes. the saints according to the will of God. Can you understand that? But I'll accept it. If the Holy Spirit wants to help my prayers in ways I can't comprehend, more power to him. God wants to understand our minds and our hearts. He wants to understand what we need, and what we need is the internal strength, but then there is the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul made his statement: "When I'm weak, I'm strong." How can that be? The thorn was still there, everything from bad eyesight to uh, some disease he caught in the tropics. No one knows, but Paul says, "Is a thorn in the flesh." What does he mean when he says, I'm weak? That seems like there's something physically that he's having to deal with. Now, how in the world can someone weak be strong? How can someone who is extremely sick be strong? We say to some individuals that we have been with On occasion, you may be sick, but you're too strong to let this get you down. And they do come out of it. There's something secret between us and our prayers and our gods. The Apostle Paul came the closest to explaining all this when he wrote to the Philippians. And this would be sometime after He wrote to the Corinthians about his thorn in the flesh, about being weak and being strong at the same time. Turn over to the very familiar passage, to Philippians chapter 4. And I want to start at verse 6. Well, let's go back to verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Now watch verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your heart, and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, right in the middle of verse 7 is a big long word, comprehension. What does it mean to comprehend? It means to understand. Paul says this surpasses comprehension. In other words, you're not going to understand this. This is beyond you. This is beyond comprehension. Now, go back to the verse 7. The very first. And the peace of God. Does it list there all the things that are going to be taken away? No. There's one thing that is going to be given. Because you have told God about your prayers and supplications. The things you're anxious for. But those things may still be there. And yet what have you got? The peace of God which surpasses comprehension, will guard where? Your bank account, your physical being, your heart, and your mind. Your heart and your mind. There are some things between you and God that are beyond comprehension. That's why I love the song, Count Your Blessings. We look around us and we forget the blessings that we have. It's a blessing that we have gathered together this morning with one desire to be together and to worship our God together. And maybe you learn something about our relationship between him and us. I'm fascinated with the change in Habakkuk when there was arguments that he had. No, God, you can't do it that way. And God's response was "The just shall live by faith. And I'm going to add, not by understanding. We have a year before us. And whether that year is good or gives us more challenges than we know, we need what Habakkuk discovered, what Jesus took advantage of, what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Philippians. I would encourage each of you so in your Bibles. Underline Proverbs chapter two, verse one through eleven. In some way, mark heavy those words: wisdom, understanding, discretion will guard your hearts. And then do the same with Philippians chapter four, verse seven and eight. Or pardon me, verse six and seven so that you can turn to them. Because there are going to be times in the coming year when you will need something positive. And these are the most positive passages that I can imagine. It's a great thing to know that there are mysteries in our lives. We don't need to know everything that's going on. Some things are, we're just as well off not to know. Maybe this is one of those things that God can do something in our hearts and our minds that we can't understand but we can experience. We can experience. We have to have our eyes wide open to watch very clearly to see the blessings that God gives to us in spite of all And just so, we pray that God will know that we want his help. We don't explain to God what he needs to do. He already knows that. He's already decided that. But God just needs to know that we humbly turn to him in prayer. And the mystery that is still there is how our minds and our hearts can find peace. If you're here this morning, and you're a Christian that is trying to be what you ought to be. Count your blessings. And consider, consider that prayer just might bring you out of the down times into the high times may not understand it, but experience it. That's how this year, this new year, 2022, will be a better year for us. If you're here and there's some way that our prayers can help you, they'll be there. And yet, the transition that comes through prayer, again, we may not understand but we can experience. If you're here and there's some way we can be helpful, let it be known while we stand and what we say.